0: Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. The parasha begins with Yaakov sending his son, Yosef, on a mission. And in the mission, Yaakov says to his son, he says, "Go find your brothers, go see how they're doing." But he adds one interesting line. He adds one line, he says. <clears throat> Lech et shlom Go see how your brothers are doing. Ve'et shlom How the sheep are doing. Ve'hashiveini davar. And return to me. Let me know uh, what's, what you've seen. Ve'hashiveini davar. And let me know. So there's a couple of interesting questions that are brought on this specific pasuk. And I, I'd like to start by giving you an example. Um, an example I saw: There's the man. A man comes running breathlessly into the room, and he says, "I don't know if you heard what happened. There was a, a, a car. It was filled with gidolim, a giant stretch limousine. You know, there was, a, you know, ten gidolim sitting in this car. You know, and the car got, and God forbid, you don't even understand. This should never happen to any of us. But the car ran off the road, smashed into a tree. You know, could you imagine? The guy says, you know." How, how, how's the car doing? What happened to the car? Like, is the car okay? You think the guy's a Majnun. Even if the guy says, are they okay? And then you say yes. And he says, well, is the car okay? You'd still think he's weird, right? Because in, this, in the context of what you're talking about, the car is not really an important factor. Of course, it's something practical. It needs to be dealt with. You need to collect your insurance. You need to buy a new one. But that's not a question necessarily that kind of uh, get, you know, garners our interest. So the Mepharshim ask, what is this conversation Yaakov is happening? Go check on your brothers. Go see your brothers if if everyone's okay. Also, how's the sheep doing? You know, are they comfortable? What's happening with the sheep? It's a strange thing. Not only that as well, the second part as well, the Pazuk, means, and return to me, come back, and tell me how things are going. Like, if Yosef would have come back, and he wouldn't have said nothing, Right? If, let's say, Yosef would have come, would have said nothing. Would Yaakov have known that everybody was safe? No. Also he would have known. Because if something would have happened, he would have come back and said, It's a problem. What is this? davar?" Literally, when you tell someone, go check on something, that's the point. The point is that you should be able to know afterwards. So, what is this? The two separate uh, commandments of go check on them, let go see if they're doing okay, and also davar. And I think that there's a remarkable lesson over here to be learned. Previously, we read a pasuk, a pasuk that many of us know not from the context uh, of its own of its own discussion, but rather. From a context that is associated with it. The Pasuk says that Yaakov arrived in Israel, and where did he travel to? He traveled to Sukkotah. lo he builds a house for his family. So he built a home, bayit, for his family. and for his sheep, for his cattle, as He made tents, he made booths, he made huts, okay? Ken says the pesuch Kara HaMakom Therefore we call the name of that place Sukkot Now that to me is very strange You build a house And you build the sukkah for the animals What should you name If you're going to choose to name it after a dwelling place You should have called the name of the city Bait, Bait. Right? You're choosing to name it after the, the, you know, the barn You built a house in a barn Where do you live? I live in a barn You don't live in a barn You live in a house Right? Why did he give preference to, uh, to the Sukkot, that so much so that he named the name of the city Sukkot? Question number one. And question number two, not just what is the difference, the preference of the Sukkah, of the hut for the animal, over the home. But number two as well, why was it something that was important in and of itself? Never mind if he preferred his animals to his children, Bar minnan. But even still, even that, is in and of itself, is not such a big deal. And the Ora Haim shares something amazing. He said, "We're looking at it overall. It's not that Yaakov Avinu preferred his animals to his children. In fact, we find a specific example of this later on in history. The children of Israel that are arriving into the land of Israel, and the two and a half tribes of Menashe, you know, right? They 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 come to." Uh, um, uh, Moshe Rabenu and they say we're going to go into the land. We're going to go and fight. We're going to do all this stuff, but we want to build, you know, a place for our animals and a place for our children. And Moshe Rabenu, when he repeats the conversation, he changes the order. He says, "How could it be that you're taking care of your animals before you're taking care of your children? How could it be that you put your money before your family? It doesn't make sense that you're worrying about your livestock before you're worrying about your children. It doesn't make sense." But what's interesting to note is, we're finding this by Yaakov Avinu. We're finding this by the Shivatim later. So is it a positive thing? Or is it a negative thing? The Ora Chaim says something magnificent. He says, we have a Pasuk. And in our Pasuk it says that God is going to take care of the Jewish people. deganecha, right? What does it say? T'rushka v'tzarecha? V'natati Esev b'sadecha lebehemtecha v'achalta v'savata. Now, the pasuk does not mean that I will put grass in your fields and you're going to go munch on the grass. It means, though, that God is telling you and teaching you an actual halakha and shulchan aruch, that if a person comes home, the animals have not yet eaten, what is he obligated to do? Obligated to feed the animals. You have an obligation to feed your animals before you feed Yourself. yourself. That's why I never went on kibbutz. There's too many animals that I have to eat before me. <laughs> it's not going to work. Except, Rabbi now that I'm intermittent fasting, I'm good to go because <laughs> I can feed all the animals. I only eat at 12 o'clock, okay? But before I was doing this insanity, okay? You understand what's going on over here? So we have the situation where the pasuk is telling you feed the animals first. Take care of the animals first. We also have Yaakov talking about how he's preferring the sukkah over the bait. But yet, when, the, when these two and a half tribes say to Moshe that we're going to take care of the animals first, what does Moshe say to them? It's the wrong thing to do. He switches the order. Which is right. And the answer I want to share with you is so beautiful. says the Orachayim. Up until Yaakov Avinu, everybody, uh, not one person, had ever built a sukkah, a barn, a house, a, 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 a coop for an animal. They'd never done it before. It was something that had not yet been done. They saw the animal as something, which was uh, uh, something that would produce for them. The animal gives you meat, it gives you milk, it gives you fur, it gives you leather. That's what the animal gives you. To take care of the animal, why would I think of that? To worry about the fact the animals sitting in the sun, or the animals being rained upon, nobody thought of that. That was not something that had been uh, brought out in the world. For the first time ever, Yaakov looks at an animal and says, even though I'm allowed to partake in its blessings and what it brings into the world, that doesn't mean that I don't—I could take for granted whether or not it suffers or whether or not it's in pain. So Yaakov builds sukkot, And that, not the animal, not the sukkah, not that that was not why he named he named the city Sukkot because it spoke to the fact that he was bringing a sensitivity a kindness and empathy into the world that had not yet been there Yaakov introduced that to the world that you treat an animal with kindness with respect even okay later on we read in the Torah the Torah tells us indeed You have to take care of the needs of your animals even before yourself. You need to feed them first. We find an expression of this concept later on in the Torah, enshrined in Halakha. That does not mean though, says, uh, what's it called? Says uh, the Moshe Rabbeinu to the tribes, that although a person needs to respect their place of work, respect the golden goose, which is laying those eggs, although a person has the obligation To appreciate it, to treat it with respect and with dignity, these animals, etc., etc., right? That doesn't mean, he says, that when you're mentioning it, you mention it before your children. Although you have an obligation to treat these, but it's not that you're treating these... To the same level as a human being, so much so that you're gonna put them first. When it comes to eating, of course, they're in pain, they don't understand that they need to wait, they're gonna eat in a a couple of minutes. So you could feed them first. But feeding them first and building something for them doesn't mean that there's an equality between or any sort of uh, hishtavut, you know, equating between your work and your family. Now listen to this, and I want to share this and drive this home, if I can, in a very simple and straightforward way. Hmm. Uh, I remember reading a little while ago that there was a a group of people that fight for the benefit of animals. They don't like that animals are treated with cruelty, and 100% we agree. In fact, Rav Moshe Feinstein writes that under circumstances where veal or uh, foie gras, where food is prepared by causing an animal undue suffering or pain, he says it's asur to eat the food. So we're very careful to not only to eat kosher, because we follow the dictates of what the Torah tells us, we're allowed to put in our mouths. Says of Moshe Feinstein, is there a difference between if an animal doesn't have split hooves and chew its cud so that makes it kosher, or if a fish has fins and scales, that makes it kosher. Is there a difference between that and when you cause the undue suffering to an animal by your consumption, that that is also uh, makes something asur to eat? Right, Same thing he says. Both of them are asur min torah That's what he says, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Okay. But you have people who, unfortunately, they don't understand they go one step further. What's the one step further? The one step further is... That there was a, a a doctor who received a, a email, uh, sorry, a, um, a envelope filled with arsenic poison. They're threatening his life and the lives of his children. Why? Because as a doctor involved in research for trying to figure out cures for humanity, they have to use animals to be able to come up with these cures. Whether it's mice. Or rabbits, and they're testing these drugs on the animals to see if they're fit for human consumption. So this, what's it called? The organizations, uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals and Others, etc., etc., <laughs> they're fighting for this. And there's, there's no question that there's not only a place for it, but there's a mitzvah and a Torah for it. But here's a group of people that, for the sake of the ethical treatment of an animal, are willing to kill a man and his whole family. You see, what the Torah is telling you is that many times a person has an obligation to look at something and to give it preferential treatment, to do something in a way maybe that other people have not thought about, to build huts for the animals, to take care of them, to feed them first. But also, says Moshe Rabbeinu, in in the way you speak, when you talk about how you're planning your life, we're going to go into Israel, this is how you plan your life. It comes first, not only in deed, but in creed. In your sense of priorities, in your head, it, that doesn't, that can't be in your heart. That can't be in such a place, on such a thing. Um, you, you, Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching them. That is a little bit warped, okay? But this idea of Yaakov Avinu is actually a magnificent idea which now helps us understand what he was telling Yosef as Sadiq. He says to his son Yosef, I want to send you right I want to send you to what's it called cool, to go see to go check out your brothers go see if your brothers how they're dealing with the animals. the animals now I want to share with you now we understand this idea we go back and we see the flow of the Pesukim it's magnificent the Pesuk tells us that the, uh, Yosef was a nar. he was someone who uh, was, was acting a little bit in a childish way he was a little immature. And what did he do? He was bring dibatam ra'ah el avi'em. He spoke badly about his brothers. And one of the things that it says that he spoke badly about his brothers, all of them were mistakes, by the way. He thought that what they were doing was uh, incorrect. He didn't judge them favorably. He, under, he understood it to be something incorrect. So he went to his father to correct it, to, so his father would correct them. One of the things that it says that he saw his brothers doing was what? Was That they were eating from an animal before it was completely slaughtered. But that was a mistake. When Yaakov heard that, he sends Yosef and says, Go see how your brothers are doing. How they're treating the animals. If a person can treat the most vulnerable creatures on earth with kindness, then you know that his midot to other people, to equals, or to people that are higher than him if you treat someone who's on the lowest rung of the ladder with kavod then i don't need to check how you treat your peers or how you treat your family or how you treat uh you know those that are uh, on, on a higher social standing than you because i can extrapolate that so he says go check shalom Achecha. how will you check shalom Achecha, how your brothers are doing you want to bring me uh you know words about your children you want to tell me ask me how they're doing you want me to correct their ways so go check this you tell me davar. that's the kind of thing that you can look look at and see the measure of a man of how they are from the way that they treat the most vulnerable vulnerable creatures on earth so Yosef Asadiq goes uh, uh, to go see exactly what's happening, Davani uh, will ter- return that information back to him. Rabbi <clears throat> I think we learned from here a tremendous lesson. Number one, the lesson with regards to the way a person has an obligation to see and to treat those that are vulnerable in general. And even if that, those, uh, those vulnerable beings are not human, they're animals, how exactly a person uh, is careful with them to be able to try and, and, and make sure that they are not that they are not suffering. I remember once reading that there was a, uh, a, 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 one of the great sages in in Europe was walking with his grandson. And as they were walking and talking, his grandson reaches up and he pulls a leaf off of a tree. And he was playing with the leaf in his hand. And his his grandfather stopped. And he said, I'm gonna give you a lesson now. And with a little bit of love, he gave his son a little slap on the face, a little patch on the face. Son, the grandson, excuse me, it wasn't that it hurt. It wasn't he didn't do it hard. He just kind of did it to show him that it wasn't correct. But he was very, he like, he was very shaken that his grandfather should do that to him. And he says, what, what, is, what is this? And his grandfather said, everything that God put here in this world, he put in this world for a purpose. Whether it's a human being, whether it's an animal, a bug, even a leaf. Without thinking, you just reached out, you pulled the leaf off a tree, you ended its life, so you ended its life's journey, you ended its life's mission. And for what? For what purpose? You have it for a purpose, okay. You're eating the meat, it's sustaining a human being which sustains your avodat, the kodesh. I get it, but just to destroy something without thinking for no reason, well, how could you possibly do that? This sensitivity um, to the value of things, to the way you treat, even a piece of paper, you know, you have a piece of paper, you could cross something out, no, we're going to crumple it up, can't take a new one. This idea that there's that everything that God places in our world has value and has purpose and has a reason why it's there, is something Yaakov Avinu was teaching his children, by number one, by building Sukkot, number one, number two, by checking on the Shalom Achecha, number three, by the Torah teaching us about us uh, feeding them even before we eat ourselves and number four uh, with Moshe Rabbeiru kind of correcting the balance to recognize that although I have earlier obligations that doesn't mean that he negated the obligation completely it was just a matter of what came first Baruch Adonai Amen v'Amen